And another reminder that Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. It gives you everything you need in one place, and it's free. You can use it right from your phone or your computer. They have creation tools, so you can record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. And they'll distribute your podcast for free. So you can hear it on Spotify, Apple, Google, and many more. Just like us here at BraveMaker. Make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So download the Anchor app today and go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks to our sponsors. Now back to the show. Stories, scripts, and conversations with creators. This is the Brave Maker Podcast. Well, hey, 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 hello, everybody. Welcome to the online Brave Maker Experience. So glad that you're here today. We are going to have another great chat about filmmaking. And I got to bring in my co hostess with the mostest, <laughs> Christina Jackson. Come on, Toby. <laughs> Christina, check out Christina's new uh, background going here, everybody. Yeah, it's amazing. We got the monarch butterflies uh, enjoying themselves back there. It's, it's a lovely space now. <laughs> So we are upping the game, right? It's like we've been in the studio, the in-home studio for so many months now. It's like you got to spice stuff up. So if you go and watch all of our videos, you'll see Christina's upping each time. (laughs) I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Well, before we bring in our special guest, let me just say thank you to those of you who are our sponsors. You know that Brave Maker is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and all of the donations that come in are tax deductible, but they help us do this type of work. We can't do this type of work without you supporting. And so we're super grateful to you all who do that. You can go to bravemaker.com and become a donor today. But specifically, we want to say thank you to the Redwood City Parks and Arts Foundation. They are a organization that cares about the community that is creating art and supporting artists. And without them, uh, their whole vision is being stronger together and creating uh, opportunities like what we're doing, uh, supporting these opportunities so that they can keep going. So thank you to RWCPAF for doing their support of us. So, hey, let's bring in Mr. Darius Britz. Welcome, Darius. What it do, what it do. (laughs) <laughs> Tony, so, Tony, Tony, Christine, Chris, yeah. ah. Christina, he's <laughs> all good. He's only had two hours. He's only had two hours of sleep, everybody. Man, I've been there. Hey, just real quick, I'm actually a fan. Like I've been following Darius for a while now, so just gonna put that out there. Love the videos, and it's amazing having you here today. Well, thank you very much. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. All right. I need so, to get yeah. my hair game up, man, because your hair is your hair is on deck. <laughs> On deck, man. Yeah, yeah. Let's try something new today. So, Darius, I uh, we were hoping we were going to have you live with us for our film festival, and then your sister was going to be graduated. So you're like, hey, I can't do it this year, but maybe next year. And then all of a sudden, we're in the middle of a pandemic. So I said, hey, let's do this virtual thing. Let's get your stories and your filmmaking point of view out to the world. So. Let's chat all things filmmaking, man. We always love to hear how people got in. Let's hear your your story. You've been doing this for some time. Yeah. uh, You know, so I'll slip the the abridged version. Um, Went to film school. uh, Actually, the first 23 years of my life, I wanted to be a comic book artist. But, um, you know, I wasn't quite cut out for that because I didn't have the 
I didn't have the capacity for it. I didn't, you, you gotta be on the scale for like photographic memory. It's like a sliding scale. I was like all the way down at the bottom and then some. So um, 23, at the age of 23, I went to University of Arizona after the military, got on my first film set, fell in love with the artifice of it and how, you know, the little light that goes in the refrigerator, you know, all the things you take for granted when you watch a movie. Um, I, I fell in love with how much work goes into making something look natural. And um, fast forward, did my first feature film after graduating film school, did what you're not supposed to do, charge up all your credit cards, uh, toured the Film Fest circuit, started a YouTube channel while I was touring the Film Fest circuit. And um, 23,000 knocks on the head and hard lessons later, here we are. <laughs> so it's a hustle. You have so many... So many videos. You have been hustling the hell out of this business, and we're better for it. I actually use your logline video in my screenwriting classes. Every time I do a log or a screenwriting workshop, I show Darius Britt's logline video. So if you want to write a screenplay, <laughs> you need to have a good logline. Just YouTube Darius Britt at d4darius.com. Come on, Christina, what's next? What do you want to know? It's a his channel is phenomenal. Like wherever you're at, getting into film, getting into telling stories. Definitely learn a lot from his channel. What I really love about his work is that he he you have found a great way to make the ordinary extraordinary and do a lot more than just tell a story. So if you could talk a little bit about that, like when did you first realize, hey, this is amazing. I could do so much more than tell a story. I could capture a feeling. I could evoke a feeling for people. Like how mm. did you get about that? Man, so... Uh... I feel like the journey of filmmaking, there is lots of ups and downs, but you kind of have to get past doing it right to get to a space where you're comfortable enough to really experiment. And I feel like with my first feature film, although I'm very, very proud of it, uh, and I, I, I told the story as best I could, but looking back on it now, it's just too linear. It's too straightforward. And now that I've got a little more experience under my belt, I'm just more interested in telling more lyrical stories now. I find some of my favorite films are ones that strike you with just an image or strike you with their use of sound design. And it sticks with you like meat and potatoes beyond just like plotting. Um, yeah. But to answer your question, when did I realize I could do that? I think it's just years of pounding the pavement, making lots of microfilms, lots of shorts, finessing the learning curve until I got to the point where I was comfortable taking more risks. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was watching Pandemic last night and then I was watching the behind the scenes and just hearing some of the comments you made about it and made me think, you really remember the things that people say to you, but you remember the way they make you feel. And with your work, it's like, I remember the way that, you know, certain scenes were making me feel. And like you said, like meat and potatoes, it kind of sticks with you long after, you know, a plot or a storyline. It's like a visceral feeling, you know, yeah. like to me, it's from a writing standpoint. Um, I think that it takes a lot of effort to write, of course, um, you know, lots of hair pulling to really to really get it. But from a directorial standpoint, I find that. Um, it's, it's, it's more of a challenge in my opinion to, to find that image or that, uh, sequence or a way of filming or a way of capturing a moment that sticks with you beyond 
uh, plotting. To me, I find it's really challenging and it's exciting because yeah. there's always a possibility that you you do the thing and people don't quite receive it the way you thought. There's always that possibility, you know, yeah. but that's what kind of makes it fun, you know, is that you can you can try and you can go out on a limb. Worst case scenario doesn't work, but that doesn't mean the film doesn't work. Just maybe some of those moments don't work. Best case scenario, you can make something that really resonates with people that sometimes they don't even know why it's just like it's really powerful and it sticks with you but i don't quite know why it works it just kind of does and that's how you make stuff that's memorable in my opinion ask me 10 years from now and i'll probably have a whole different answer but like right now it, that's kind of where i'm at you know i want to i want to get beyond just the straightforward storytelling so i dig that response we uh, we say a lot in our conversations that Q&A can be so limiting, right? Question and answer, because those answers lock us down. But what you just said, this could change. So the idea of we're doing questions and response. Here's my response right now. Here's how I would respond to that question right now. I probably responded to different like five years ago, but here's how it is now. Uh, I love too what you're talking about in regards to you could be making something and it might not work, and but it might also resonate. But I also think too, what I've seen you do along in your journey, what I feel Brave Maker we're trying to encourage people to do is look at it as a learning process, right? What in the heck can you learn? Because sometimes we don't make stuff. We don't put it out there on YouTube. We don't publish it or whatever, because we're afraid that this is going to be defining us or even like career define us. But if we look at it differently, like, Hey, everything we're doing is just an iteration. It's just building our, you know, our outlier uh, mentality of getting those 10,000 hours up. I feel like as I look at all your stuff, you're about learning and practicing as you learn. So can you talk a little bit about that? Is, you know, is the question when people ask right now, how do I break in? What do I do? How do I make a name for myself? How do you answer that question? I kind of feel like I know what you're going to say, but let's let's flesh that out a little bit. So uh, to me, and keep me on track, I think there's a couple of questions you're asking, and I want to make sure I like speak to both of them. To me, and I don't know, it's trying to blow me up. To me, I feel like uh, craft, in my opinion, is more important than any film you'll ever make. Um, that's not to say your work isn't important, but your process to me is more important because, um, you know, getting your 10,000 hours in, you know, let's just rewind it back to that filmmaker who they're just starting out and they're really passionate, right? Um, and they're like, all right, I'm going to make this film I've got in my head. And I'm going to spend all this time and all this money doing it. And it's going to be amazing. And usually it's not. And the reason is there's this this uh, creative gap that stands between them and the film they think they're trying to make. And the problem with the creative gap is you can't see it. You don't know what you don't know. And the only way to bridge that gap is time and experience. You know, you got to finesse the learning curve. Um, so that's filmmaker A, right? Uh, he's going to spend way too much money, way too much time on his first film. Then there's filmmaker B. Who does the exact opposite? He spends next to nothing on his films and he doesn't spend that much time on them. He's all like, you know what? I just want to learn this thing. I don't I don't have money. That's OK. I don't want to spend a lot of money. I just want to learn as much as I can, as fast as I can. They do lots of camera tests, lots of audio tests because they're just like a sponge for information and they're not precious about any of their work. Six months. This guy is going to be a beast. This guy is probably going to wash out. He might get heartbroken and he might, you know, say, you know, maybe this film thing isn't for me. To me, the only difference is the mindset. Um, so to answer your question about, you know, the 10,000 hours and can you reframe it one more time for me? 
just so I can speak to it because I'm losing the thread of the the question itself. I was just just framing the, the the question for you to respond to, and you're doing a great job responding to how do people break in because everyone wants oh. to know what do I do, right? And and I think the idea about learning in. as opposed to the end result of having some great piece of art. The, if if you can make ten cents look like a dollar, you'll never go out of business. Um, I think that the tendency is to think that there's going to be some perfect scenario to execute your vision. And the reality is it's not about the scenario. It's not about the budget. It's not about the resources. It's about the craft. My personal opinion is the real goal should be to be so good at what you do that you can make masterpieces out of anything. Mm -hmm. To me, that's the real goal. If I got 50 bucks in extra time, great. I'm going to shoot this short and I'm going to knock it out of the park. If I got $500,000 for a feature, great. I'm going to knock it out of the park. But you can make great work regardless. So if you're trying to have a career in film, you have to be down to create your own opportunities and finesse that learning curve and get nasty good. That's what's going to open the doors. It's not like meeting the right person or who's going to give you a shot. If you're not ready for it, it doesn't matter anyway. You know, like you you have to be about that life. <laughs> you You got to be... You have to be the type of person who wants to get better at any cost, who, who wants to be really, really good at what they're doing. That's what's going to get you noticed. That's what's going to break you. And that's what's going to make people want to work with you. So, yeah. Bring it. That's good. That was really good. I love what you said about not being too precious about your work. It's not really about having this perfect film or this perfect whatever it is that you're doing. It's about the craft. It's about the learning process. It's about getting better and learning as you go so i think that's that's a really beautiful thing that you said there and you could see that in your work like you took so many ordinary moments you know that really resonated with the viewer the the hand washing scene the coffee scene like there's so many moments that are just things we're all doing every day but you captured it in such a way that it took something ordinary made it really extraordinary is that something you've been doing all along or is that something that you gradually realized hey this is having more of an impact on viewers and on myself and then you started moving in that direction or? Well, hmm. <laughs> so I would love to <laughs> punctuate that amazing compliment with some hardcore reality. And that's that <laughs> if any of my work resonates, it's because I've fallen on my face a lot and oftentimes publicly. <laughs> like there's some films I made that you can find on my channel that you're like, huh? what? Shreggy? Like, what is this? But it's 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 learning from those small projects, even the ones that don't work. You're always taking a little something. Oh, this worked and this didn't. Oh, this didn't work at all. But like, why didn't it work, though? Let's like sift through here. You know, like what it is, is a combination of all of the little mistakes I've made, things that have worked, experiments I've tried that I feel like I've just hit a comfort zone where I know what my lane is. But it's the result of just putting in the work and making lots of small projects and not being afraid to fail, not being afraid to have egg on my face. Because reality, too, nobody remembers your mis nobody remembers your failures. <laughs> like They really don't like, you know, you, you put your work out there and it's like, oh, you know, 100,000 people are going to see this or whatever. And, you know, yeah, the first shore of awful comments come in. But after that, nobody cares. Like they forget about it. Like, if you look at the comments of pandemic, it's like glowing, right? 
these some of these same people were tearing me down like probably like a year or two ago for some other thing I did, you know, and it's like you don't you don't see that reflected anywhere in there. So I bring that up to say, I think when people get so locked into getting it right and, you know, what if I fail and a lot of people see it? So what? Mm -hmm. They only remember the stuff that sticks with them. If you made something that didn't stick with them, they're not going to remember it. Do you remember any of the awful movies you've seen? And like the last, you just kind of like, okay, that needed work. And then you, you just kind of forget about it. But then the movies that stick with you. Yeah. You know, so. Can you talk about some of the movies that have stuck with you? Movies that inspired you to be doing what you're doing today? My brain is a little mush since it, since last night, but, um, I will say the movie that has really pushed me to lyrical storytelling. Um, there's a number of them actually, mm-hmm. but Moonlight, the first time I saw Moonlight, that's what had me questioning, like, what am I doing with my life right yeah. now? <laughs> I like, what, what, what am I doing? You know, like, so, uh, cause just the power, like Wong Kar Wai, which, um, Barry Jenkins got a lot of inspiration from, and I can see a lot of it in his work. It just has that, it just washes over you Mm -hmm. in a way that the way I used to approach screenwriting before, I could never achieve that effect because it's a whole different approach to storytelling. And I was already moving in that direction, but I I don't think it was until I saw Moonlight that it really just kind of pushed me even further into wanting to experiment with just lyrical storytelling. So let's take some questions. We got a question that says, do you think it's better to write a script with someone else who may know a little more than you or do a ton of research and write it alone? Mm, Do both. Have that one script you're working with, with the buddy, have another script, do both. Yep. Agreed. Almost on top of that too, is you almost have to have multiple projects. And I know some people don't like to hear this, but it is a, it is a game, right. Of going, all right, you got to have, uh, you know, something else. Cause if people like this one and our financier, whoever or friend is going to give you money, they go, what else you got? And then when you have this nice, you know, archive to pull from it only work in your, in your, your favor, uh, enjoyed your film unsound wondering if you're still looking for a distributor for it. And if you looked into an educational distributor because of the deals with mental health, cause it deals with mental health. Actually, no, I'm more than happy releasing it online, having released it online. Uh, it's kind of the door is closed for me right now. I spent I spent so long working on that project uh, that in a documentary. And now I'm just in a space where I'm ready to just move on to other things. Um, so, no, I mean, right now, anyone can see it anywhere at any time. And I, I feel like that's the best space for good question. though, Nicole. Um, Nicole is a Bay area filmmaker. So shout out to Nicole. She's actually cast Christina in a feature film that is on hold due to the pandemic. So keep doing your work Nicole. We want to see you make your film. Uh, let's talk about screenwriting Darius. Let's talk a little bit about getting the story on the page. Bravemaker does a screenwriting workshop, uh, every month. So if you're interested, you can go to bravemaker.com slash classes to sign up, but Let's hear what you would say or how you, everyone's got a different you know, style. How do you get your stories? Uh, do you outline? Do you whiteboard? Do you all of the above post-it notes? What do you do? How does it get from your head to the page to the screen? Mm. Well, if it's a short film, uh, I think of the scenes that 
make me want to tell the story first. But if it's a feature film, I outline and I use uh, Trello. Love Trello for that. You know, it's a t essentially, you know, I don't have to do the sticky post-it notes thing, which I did before. And it just it was just too much of a mess. But with Trello, I can just move the little cards around and it just makes outlining a breeze for me. And I just keep breaking it down. You know, maybe I'll start with like 52 scenes, move things around. I'll just keep breaking it down and breaking it down until I get to a point where I can almost see the entire thing. Then I'll start writing it. And then it always changes once you're actually writing the draft anyway. But the juices flow better when I at least take the time to outline as best I can. Mm -hmm. And how about how about you? I tend to do a bunch of different things. I am a post-it note whiteboard uh, freak. So I have so many people in my office right now. I have probably, I can count three different whiteboards with bro, things on them. <laughs> have you tried a project management app, Trello, or any any one of those, really? I haven't tried. I use Keep. Oh. Keep, Keep. Do you know Keep? Google Keep? Oh, oh my God. Tony, Tony, we got to talk, bro. Yeah, so look. So here's my, here's my Keep. So everybody, look, these are all my ideas for movies, right? So I got them all in here. You know, like with all my color coding and all that kind of stuff. And I just kind of keep the beats and ideas. Like I put characters. That just tends to work for me. Uh, I do outline a little bit. So once I have my post-it notes and stuff, then I'll outline. But I just go right to the page. I just... Yeah. And I do a lot of the rewriting, writing, rewriting, writing kind of thing. That mm. seems to be what works for me. So you're, you're a type. You can just jump into the blank page and just kind of go yeah. ahead. Once I do some bullet point <sighs> things, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't do it, man. That's hard for me. You know, I'm too great. left brain. <laughs> and that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. Everyone's got to find what works for them. Some people hate the outlining. Some people hate the whiteboarding. But whatever works for you to get something done, right? That's what matters. Christina, what about you? Yeah. You're working on your thing. How's your your thing? What's your process? Your process. My process. I have like an idea. It's super exciting. I can't like shake it. I know immediately. I have to capture it. So I'll capture it on my iPhone in notes. And then I'll let that, like, I don't know, like, go around in my head for a while. And then I'll just sit down and bang out the whole thing <laughs> <laughs> in, like, six hours. And then I'll go to sleep. I'll sleep on it. And I'll come back and be like, oh, I got to add this. I got to change that. So I'll just do something in, like, maybe two or three days and then spend months kind of finessing and, yeah, and, and, and working it out. And it's been really exciting in Tony's uh, screenwriting class to figure that out because this is, like, the first manuscript like thing that I've ever written in its entirety, which is this comic book. So it's exciting. I love seeing it come together. I love like starting to think about what the characters look like. And, it's and when really they start speaking to you. Yeah. When you start creating like the, uh, what is it called? Not the, their biographies, like really create the person, what their personality is like, their voice, how they dress, like all that. I love all those details now. Yeah. You know what I notice about like the writing process or, or at least, I, I noticed that uh, it, it tends to correspond with personality types. Sure. Like the people who can tackle the blank page yeah. tend to be, I don't mean this in a bad way or anything, like people who can just tackle the blank page, I noticed tend to be just impulsive in life where they're like, I, I'm ready to live. I get bored yeah. easy. Yeah. Let's go do something. It's Friday night. What are we doing? Standing, around? You know what I mean? Like they're like that kind of person, yeah. you know? Yeah. And uh, the outliners are usually a little more, uh, I wouldn't say reserved. They're just cautious people. You know, they're the type where I watched my big brother get slapped upside the head for doing something dumb. And I saw it. And I'm going to make sure not to do that, too. You know, like <laughs> they're those type of people where they're like they're they're kind of like always like, you know, sure stepping as much as they can.
Well, too, if you're a left brainy, like you said, you all be in, really into the gear, right? And I notice a lot of left brain people are really into, you know, all the ISO and the, the buttons, all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to do the story. I want to, I want to work with people yeah. who are really in that vein. You know what I mean? So you got to find your lane and find what's good for you and then find your collaborators and kind of build your team around that. That's what I think the whole process it's a collaborative process, right? Filmmaking is Build a your team around process. the strengths. That's well, right. so I always thought of myself as a director, um, but because of this age where you have to create your own opportunities, um, I started to expand out into the other practices, cinematography being one of them. But when I first started, I was very much, I'm going to shoot with whatever I got. I don't care if it's like a toy camera. I don't care how many dead pixels are in it. doesn't matter. What's the story? And then, you know, as I've grown online and, and, and worn more and more hats, uh, I've, I've veered more into the technical side, but not because of the enjoyment of just tech, because I don't care about cameras, bro. You know what I mean? Like, I only look them up if I'm going to buy one. I'm not like, oh, what's the new specs on this? It's not my thing, you know what I mean? But... But what I noticed is the more I got into the technical aspect of it, it allowed me to be more creative That's because great. I can plan things knowing how I can accomplish it on a technical level. And that's what I guess I, I gained more of an appreciation for it because it allowed me to do more. I think it makes you credible, too, because you're able to speak, you know, you're your channel has all of those elements. You can talk about what light to get, you know, as well as story cranking something out as well as a log line you can talk about all those elements like you really are a one person show even even though i know you've got a lot of collaborators around you it really makes your the brand of darius brit amazing you know so good good for you i i wish i had that ability to go deep dive and i could if i spent more time doing it but i know like you know what i'd rather find someone who's good like you and partner so i can focus over there uh we got some I actually, I actually think it's better to niche down because your your strength is screenwriting, right? Yeah, screenwriting and directing. Yeah. Yeah, I actually think it's uh, because I, I have the the problem of you feel I feel like I'm getting spread too thin a lot, yes. and yeah. I wish I could just zero in on one or two things and do them really well. Yeah. So. Um, and I think that's part of privilege too, right? Like, like once you gain some momentum in the industry, the reality is right now, someone's starting out, you kind of have to do all that stuff. I still feel like I'm doing a lot more than I want to do. You know, I can't just direct or just write. I got <laughs> to produce. I got to do a little craft services. You know? I got to do a little production design, location scouting, but that's okay. I don't mind it until I get to that place. Maybe I never will. I got to be okay with it. But I think there is a reality of your, if you're going, I'm only going to be a writer or I'm only going to be an actor, you're going to be sitting around waiting a long time. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, obviously we see you acting in your stuff too, Darius. So, geez. Man, that wasn't by choice, man. <laughs> triple, triple threat. Hey, let's answer a few more quickie questions here. Uh, we got someone saying, well, where can I get legit release forms for actors, locations, crew, etc." Hmm. Well, there's some resources online. I mean, if you just Google release forms, if the question is where can I get them for free, uh, you, you have to little, do a little bit of searching. But um, if you Google some of those forums online, you can find packs where they're selling them. Uh, there was a book that had a number of them. 
I've been in Shortsville for a while, so I haven't really had to mess with release forms since I did Unsound and the Dog. So I'm a little rusty on exactly where you can go, but they're they're not really hard to find at all. Yeah, totally, it's worth the money too. Like just buy some, and you know they're good. Don't try to cut corners on forms. Yeah. And if you want, email me. We do have a few that we use that we just probably Google for free too. Happy to share our template with you. You can email me, Tony at bravemaker.com. Happy to do that. Uh, speaking of books, we have someone who says, what books do you recommend? I know Darius has a, uh, a YouTube video. I think it's six, the top six filmmaking books. So Darius, do you remember any of them? At right now, I'm going to have to say, check the video out. <laughs> Just go to YouTube, D for Darius, top books, because honestly, there's too many to mention. And we're not even talking about like what specifically you're into, because there's screenwriting, there's directing, there's cinematography. I mean, that's that's a broad, good question. Yeah. But it's also like, that's a broad question. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Robert McKee for story, start there, maybe. Uh, Blake Schneider, Save the Cat, hit that one for sure. Um, those would be tops for story starting, but if you're doing the cinematography lane, I would say for sure. And you, you've pulled some up here too. Yeah. Here's my, I, I, cause people ask that question all the time. I do a hashtag on Instagram. So you go to hashtag Tony G books and I got a bunch of books that I just love, but there are everything they're acting, they're filmmaking, they're, they're bios, all that kind of stuff. So go ahead and check these out. It's a good a, idea. Yep. Sid Field right there. Screenplay right, right. directing actors right there. So yeah. Yeah, it depends on really what what practice you're going after. That's right. That's right. Cool. We got some love. I uh, love you all. Great work, Darius. Keep up the good work. Uh, thank you, Robbie. Rob. I'm wondering about uh, Hit Film Express. Can you add aspect ratios in the software? Technical question there. Uh, yes, I'm pretty sure you can. I believe so. Yeah, yeah. And at the very worst, you can just throw in crop bars as well. So I'm going to be doing another tutorial on that maybe in the next couple months. Awesome. We got a shout out to Alex Ferrari. This is very true. Alex Ferrari is one of our Brave Maker partners too. So the rise of the film entrepreneur, And that's actually how we're connected to Darius. Uh, Alex was the one who connected us about a year the Ferrari. ago. Ferrari. Yeah. Yes. Film entrepreneur is an amazing book, by the way. Yep. You, any, like the business of film, I think everyone needs to understand because you got to learn the business to feed the creative. So. And you all, I would say too, there's, so we were talking about this off broadcast. There are so many resources out there, friends, that you can Google, right? You can YouTube. You want to know how to write a log line. You want to know how to get aspect ratios. You want to know how to get forms. Google it, Google it, Google it, and watch YouTube videos and listen to podcasts. I've probably listened to two or three podcasts a day. Uh, and it's, I never went to film school. I didn't have to, right? I, I made films and I listen and I read and I talk to people. And that's really how it has been for, for me in my journey. I think right now has never been a better time to be a filmmaker. However, the caveat is if you have the right mindset going into it, mm -hmm. managing your expectations, learning how to learn is a big skill that you know, embarrassingly, I didn't even learn until after college, like how to actually learn something. Um, so if you have the right mindset, it's an amazing time right now. But if you don't know how to focus and you don't know how to temper your passion with practicality, you know, uh, you don't know how to finesse the learning curve by doing small projects. And if you don't know how to do those fundamental things, 
to really expedite your growth, then you'll find yourself just spinning your wheels all the time. You know, oh, I'm going to spend a month researching this and then I'm going to spend a month researching screenwriting. You're just like hopscotching and you don't remember anything because you're not you don't have a strategy for learning and figuring out how to get from point A to point B. So you have to have the right mindset. There he is. There is Alex. Agreed. Agreed, Darius. That's that's really good stuff. Hey, I want to <laughs> I want to say if uh, you're trying to make a film and you need help, then if you can't find collaborators, if you can't, there's nobody in your space. I, I love that Darius is in Colorado. Um, finding mentors is re, is really hard, right? Az. Az. Oh, sorry. I, I'm sorry. Arizona. That's right. I said Colorado earlier. You said Crystal, I get to say Colorado, I guess. <laughs> Arizona, Arizona, Arizona. Okay, so so Darius is making his stuff not in on either side of the coast where t- people typically do it. He's paving his own way. He's making it. He's obviously been doing it for quite some time. Uh, if you're just starting out or I feel like sometimes I've been doing this forever and I'm still trying to pave my own way. I'm still hustling, finding mentors. That, that helps if you can find somebody. If there's a film school locally, sometimes you can audit classes for free um, with, with all these other resources out there. But if you find you're still not able to get your stuff made or move your stuff forward, uh, that's what Brave Maker is all about. We're, we're, we want to help people tell their story. We even have a fiscal sponsor project. So if you are trying to raise money, you can do it through us if the project fits a social justice piece or speaks into diversity or inclusion or you're an underrepresented voice. We want to help you tell your story so you can go to bravemaker.com and check out our fiscal sponsor page. In fact, let me just take a quick second and show you. We had an amazing woman do her very first short film. She debuted her short film. Uh, It's in post-production right now. We're super proud of her. Let's take a a one-minute look at her trailer called The Scarlet Thread. I didn't. I wouldn't. We have you on surveillance tape at the school. I think I need to speak to a lawyer. You know, it's true about the time. Yeah. How do you know? Yeah. My, my dad told me last night. I know. You're good at it. You're a great teacher. You care more than most people. I thought you cared. You ruined our family. You're gonna get what you deserve. You're a joke. I know we couldn't trust you. Confess. You did it. Super proud right. of Terry yeah. Smith, right? Yeah, super proud of that. She it took her two years, but she did it. She wrote it. She's making it happen. And if that's you, we'd love to help you do that too. So go to our website, bravemaker.com. Go follow Mr. Darius Britz. Go follow his work. Follow him on his uh, YouTube page and his Instagram and uh, watch all his stuff. I like what you guys are doing over there, man. Yeah, right on. <laughs> right on. What else? Do we need to say anything else before we, we take off? Any other final tips, tricks, thoughts that people need to, to heed as they jump in and pursue their creative goals? Oh, yeah. Make every day count. If you learn something new every day over time, you know a ton. Make every single day count. Your metric for success should be every night you lay your head down 
what did I learn today? If you can't point to something specific that you learn to help you be a better filmmaker, a better screenwriter, that day is a failure. Your metric shouldn't be how many views do you get, shouldn't be how many awards you get. What did I learn today? If you make that your metric for success every day, all that other stuff takes care of itself. Right on. Yes. We'll take that. Let's make every day count, everybody. Christina, any final words you want to share before we take off? Yeah, I do. So I'm in I'm in California and there's fires everywhere. And I'm telling you about <laughs> California too. And we're in a pandemic and we're we're facing a lot of challenges right now, but we have an election coming up and it is so important that everyone is determined to vote no matter what. We're facing a lot of human rights issues. Uh, Black Lives Matter, I feel like we always have to say that every time we get an opportunity in a platform. Black Lives Matter, trans lives matter. A lot of these issues are falling to the wayside with everything else that's going on. And it's so important that we keep human rights in the forefront of our minds. And yeah, so just continue to fight, continue to be mindful of what's going on. In this summer alone, six trans women were killed in seven days, black trans women. So it's just really important that people understand we're still we're still dying. We're still fighting for our lives. Uh, we have a lot going on, but it's really important that we stay determined uh, to create equality and equity for everyone. Well, you heard it. You heard well it. My, my friend. Amazing. I love it. Let's do it. Well, cool. Darius, I hope we can connect again. Uh, let's keep pushing each other forward. We'll keep sharing your work and you're always uh, welcome to come back on the podcast and live show anytime. We dig what you're, what you're putting out there in the world. All right, brother. And it was a pleasure talking to both of you. Right on. Christina. See, I didn't mess. See, what, what got me was, oh, she's already gone. <laughs> she's like, I'm done. All right, brother. And we'll chat hey, at you later. There oh, go ahead. Thank you so much, man. No, this is great. And uh, I feel like we, are, we have some kindred uh, spirit stuff going on here. So when things go back to uh, in person and we do our events, we'd love to have you out and see what other stuff we can do to make some stuff together or something like that. Likewise, man. I like what y'all doing over there. Yeah, there she's back. She's back. Uh, there she I was going to explain the main thing. I was going to explain something before you left. <laughs> do, it, do it. So here's what it is. What, what, so I knew, a, I used to know a crystal spell with a K. So every time I see K-R, my mind automatically goes to crystal. And I was like, why is it so hard? And that's what it was. Like one of my best friends when I was young started off the way yours starts off. I'm Christina. Responding to Crystal because that's my sister's name and we're tears apart. We look a lot alike. So people always call me Crystal. Oh. That's funny. <laughs> that's great, <cray> great. <laughs> All right. Well, go follow this Christina with a K R at ChristinaJackson.com. Yeah. All right, everybody. As we always say, brave stories change the world and. You're the story. All right, till next time. Thanks for listening to the Brave Maker podcast. Subscribe, give us a rating, and share with a friend. Brave Maker is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Our work is funded by generous patrons like you. Support the podcast with a tax-deductible donation at bravemaker.com. Brave stories change the world. You are the story.